my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to episode four of season two of the Running Technique Tips podcast. And I'm now joined by my co-host, Lisa Biffin, from her um, training camp location via Skype. How are you going, Lisa? I'm pretty relaxed, actually. I'm here in Byron Bay. It's Oh, the weather is amazing. The water is amazing. I've actually been running, which is a good thing. I can actually talk about running again, <laughs> given Excellent. what the podcast is about. Yes, and, good, uh, good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling pretty good, but uh, I think are you remote today as well? Are we both? Uh, I'm I'm sort of semi-remote today, oh. so I'm, <laughs> I, I'm I'm still within um, walking distance to the national broadband network. So I oh. think that makes me <laughs> less remote to you than you. <laughs> no, this is true. But hey, it's the week of Christmas. We've obviously had Christmas, and yes. how well behaved were you at the Christmas feast? Was there a blowout? Um, no, I was actually pretty good. Um, I was, that was pretty good. My my only my usual vice was having a few beers, so that was wow, that was okay. about as that was about as far as it went. Um, but yeah, there wasn't any um, overindulging in pavlovas and other Aussie Christmas treats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm actually not a fan of the Aussie Christmas treats. I don't really like dessert. I'm a massive chocoholic. So when the table of uh, desserts come out I'm actually never tempted so um, Christmas isn't really an overindulgent time for me but let's talk about Easter when it comes around <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good apparently some some stores have actually started selling hot cross buns already and it was on the oh news my god. Just, oh god <laughs> very sad very sad it's very sad but what have you been up to so Christmas week have you been out running or I, I have I've been running in fact on Christmas day I did park run um, up oh, north yeah. Sydney. Of course. How was that? How good is a park run on Christmas Day? Uh, loving, loving the park run Christmas Day festivities. So um, yeah. uh, I, I went with my brother and I actually posted a picture of picture of us up on the, the Facebook page and Instagram. So um, yeah, enjoyed the North Sydney Park Run course, which um, I don't know the actually the name of the entire park, but it's basically behind. North Sydney Oval. Um, I think it's called of, St Lennon's Park, maybe. Uh, I, I think you're right. That's ringing a bell. Um, so yeah, all it's sort of like th- I think it's three and a half funny laps inside St Leonard's Park. So it's it's probably not your fastest course getting around, um, but it's certainly a good kind of recreational course um, with all of its little twists and turns and a couple of. Uh, tricky little um, climbs in there. Yeah, it, uh, it's uh, definitely not a quick course, but it was a it was an enjoyable course. Although, yeah, and was there, there much of a turnout? There was, yeah. I think there was maybe about 120 people. Oh wow! So it was a really good turnout. There were people were there in their little Santa hats and um, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Christmas various Christmas decorations, um, including. <laughs> A, a lady who was resplendent in a very nice Christmas singlet, but she had a very unfortunate accident soon after the start. And she went headfirst into one of the lamp posts, which um, uh, run oh, down yeah. the centre of the path. So it was, yeah, I was kind of hanging at the back of the field, so I kind of saw it happen. And yeah, she just obviously didn't see the pole for the people, and I think she had a cap on, so she was probably doing what I do, looking at the ground, uh, and wouldn't have seen the pole coming up at her quickly with all of the people um, around. So, so what, yeah, middle, there was, of, middle of the course or on the outside? All of the poles are basically run down the middle of the path, so it's just part of the, oh, the public the public weird. lighting um, in, um, in the path. Yeah. Quite nice for walking because you get very yeah. good light for walking around, but probably not so good for for 5k running so mm. yes she was she had a very unfortunate start to her christmas day and was um yes sent off in an ambulance with um oh no blood coming from somewhere on her face and oh. uh, was looking quite concussed so <laughs> anyway oh, wow, I, hope, I, I hope she's feeling better but there, yeah there was a bit of drama at the park run but um she was oh, she was wow. definitely well well cared for by um some of the locals and of course the um the volunteers and I'm pretty sure the run directors of Park Run and a couple of people all were all first aid trained, so she was yeah. well attended to um, and looked after. But yes, yeah, it was oh, good. So, good. but how did you go? So this is your first, like, oh, it's not really a race, but it's sort of in a race-ish environment. Yeah, well, it was actually my first 
unbroken run <laughs> since yep. the marathon, I think. <laughs> so that's going all the way back now to mid-October. Uh, so it was, yeah. was the first time I'd strung five kilometres together in yeah. one hit. So I, I obviously didn't go out there um, with crazy intentions of running super fast, but I did manage to get around in just under 25 minutes, mm. um, which which I thought was okay for some, for mm. someone who's just been walk running. Although high rate? It, How did that <laughs> pretty high. <laughs> I, I blame the hills. I blame the hills. Um, I, I think I did get over 170 beats um, towards the end. Uh, yeah, wow. So, which, yeah, obviously says I've got a, a bit of a ways to go to regain my fitness uh, mm. and to stand any chance of taking you on over over 5K. Yeah, well, we've um, we've come up with a little battle finally after we've been throwing around a few ideas, haven't we? We have. So we thought mm. just to keep it interesting for ourselves and I think both of us needed a bit of motivation to kind of get oh, cracking. Well, ab- no, absolutely. Um, I finally got it back this week, but it's my couch to 5K, as I keep calling it. I just haven't gotten off the couch. So yep. <laughs> I, yep. Need, yep. I need a, not even a gentle nudge. I needed a giant push <laughs> in the back. <laughs> I, I think I might have needed a bigger one than you. Um, <laughs> So we anyway, so we decided upon initially we were thinking, well, we're, credit where credit's due, we we're kind of you know, stealing an idea from uh, Marathon Talk where uh, Tom was challenged his friend to like um, the best, well, a, ser- a series of best park run times per month throughout the entirety of 2018. So we're just going to do a mini version of that where we do, actually, we're actually going to start out with a 3K challenge in January. Mm. And, potentially on the track maybe in a race but I, I, I haven't had a look to see if there is a race convenient to me so I reserve the right to do a time trial on the track for that one <laughs> and in February it'll be a 5k park run so best time for that one and in March hopefully a 5k track race race at some mm. stage so so what are we going to do we're going to add up our times and declare I think a so. winner. Yeah, add, add up the times, declare the winner. Um, and this is good because this will actually force me to sit down and, and do some planning, I think, because <laughs> I've, uh, I actually pulled it out the other day and I was like, right, let's do it. And I can't remember what happened. Uh, probably my children got in the way. And then it's sort of like, right, I need to actually think about it because we're only a couple of days from the end of the year. <laughs> so this is a, a good incentive to say right. Yes. So. Exactly. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm almost tempted to run up the white flag from the absolute get-go because today you <laughs> you went and ran 5K in not much over 20 minutes. Is that right? Yeah. So we've arrived in, uh, in Byron and here with some fellow runners who are all actually quite fit, which is the exact sort of help that I needed at the moment and actually got out this week. Uh, and I didn't do park run on Christmas Day, but um, I wished I had it. I, I know that you said you were going to. It didn't even twig. And then, to be honest, trying to fit in something that was, you know, a, a particular start time with um, children and Santa and all the rest of it just wasn't going to happen. But I did go for an easy jog Christmas Day and I saw down at my local park, Centennial Park in Sydney, uh, again, same sort of thing, really big turnout. Uh, you know, lots of festive, like festive hats, and um, I really like it. I parked park run's done an amazing job, so credit to them too. I think that one in Centennial did quite well. But, uh, I've done a couple of jogs this week, and I've been running over six minute kilometres, and I just thought, oh god, this is this is not good. Uh, actually, hit <laughs> hit the grass athletics track on Thursday night with the with the group here, and completely surprised myself. Ran quicker than I ran the week before and did more um and it all felt quite easy so i ended up finishing in an 81 second 400 which your response was <sighs> too fast lisa. <laughs> lisa that's too quick and you were spot on but i actually wasn't looking at my watch for the last two until i finished and i thought oh well it's feeling good um yeah. maybe you know maybe something is there and then Today we all got up and went down to a beautiful another beachside town called Ballina and did the park run there and they had their biggest turnout ever of I think about 230-odd people. Wow. Um, I must admit I – I wasn't nervous because I wasn't using it as a race, but there was a little bit of anxiety because I have run 5Ks consecutively, unlike you, who's been doing run walking. But all my running's been at six-minute K pace, and I just thought I don't – I'm not actually sure how this is going to go, trying to bring it down a bit. So – 
my plan was to just, you know, keep the heart rate pretty low and just really run to how I feel and if I had anything left, um, push on. And I ended up running 20 minutes and six seconds with an average heart rate of 149 beats per minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> just just to make me feel bad. <laughs> what was your peak heart rate? <laughs> uh, I think it was 156. Oh, so you basically so, did it. You basically did a tempo run. Yeah, like I'm. I will double check what the peak is, but I honestly blew all of my expectations out of the water. I went in going, if I can run 23 minutes, I think that's a solid effort. If it's 22, or you know, high fives all round. And then um, one of the the girls that I'm training with has had a string of injuries for a few years and she's quite talented and she's finally got herself sorted. So I was so busy cheering her on and she dipped under 20 minutes and all of a sudden I looked at my watch going, I've left my run too late. (laughs) (laughs) There there goes my chance of 20 minutes. But anyway, that's not what what, what I'm wasn't what it was about but look really really pleased and i think we, today we're going to talk about 5k training for the recreation we runner. are and I've, i think I've, given, given we're doing a 5k challenge it's, i think it's good yeah. timing especially having done this today i've got like a few points and comments that i have found myself you know i haven't been doing 5k training um and, and things that i think that are going to be important to bring that time down Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, we thought we'd focus on 5K training for recreational runners, um, given we're throwing out a bit of a 5K challenge for ourselves. Um, So we thought we'd just do a quick recap on basically what the kinds of training and the physiological um, responses associated with each um, so that you can run your best 5K for your ability. So, Lisa, the 5K is still... Um, a very predominantly aerobic event so the marathon Mm. that we both suffered through is about 99 (laughs) percent aerobic but the 5k Mm. is still 90 percent aerobic according to my very very brief amount of research Um, but that rings very true for all the stuff that i've kind of read um, over the years so that big aerobic base of yours that you built up through the marathon is obviously still serving you very well because you were able to go out and essentially run 20 minutes for the 5k which is pretty pretty good going by recreational running standards and so yeah that aerobic fitness is still a very important component so your easy runs and your long runs and you know all of the stuff that I was talking about in my marathon campaign about sort of building up your aerobic speed so your capacity to run a bit faster at lower heart rates very important for the 5k as well the other thing is your classic threshold training so your lactate threshold training is also an important part of 5k running and is included in um, most 5k training plans that you might come across what would that look like though the threshold so the threshold would be training at you know say for example going out and doing 15 or 20 minutes at a pace that you could hold for about an hour And for a lot of people, that might be at around their 10K race pace, but should be at a heart rate that's definitely below 90% of your maximum. So um, somewhere in between your marathon pace and your 10K race pace, depending on what your ability is. So that's where your kind of lactate threshold pace is. And you don't necessarily need to do those as continuous runs, like a 20-minute threshold is a pretty common one that gets written into a lot of programs. You could do it as um, cruise intervals, popularised by our old friend Jack Daniels. So yeah. <laughs> um, feel free to refer to the Daniels running formula because there's a really good 5 to 15K training program in there, which I had a bit of success following a modified version of so yeah he would often prescribe things like doing 1500 meter reps at threshold pace so you might do three of those or something like that um, as opposed to just doing them in one unbroken thing and kind of nice to do that in the early stages especially when you're not that fit because you probably you know if i tried to go out and run 20 minutes at my threshold pace i think i'd find (laughs) that pretty hard right now um, as evidenced by my 5k run at very high heart rate um so yeah doing it at um doing it in breaking it up initially is is not a bad idea and the other component is what daniels refers to as a your kind of repetition training so that's generally done at your 1500 meter or mile race pace so your last 400 rep the other day at about 81 i would mm. suggest is probably probably about your <laughs> 1500 pace at the moment 
probably. Yeah. So that yeah. would be a, a rep pace, a rep pace effort at about that sort of 80 seconds to 81, because that sort of gives you about a five minute 1500 meter. So they're really good for building strength and for building running economy and they make your 5k race pace which is obviously a bit slower than that feel quite a bit easier and I have to admit reps are sort of one of my favorite kinds of training what about you I really enjoy reps and I've got people to run them with otherwise Mm -hmm. on my own I'm I'm not too good on it Um, if I'm running on my own I I actually like to just go out for a long slow run fair enough I I look I like (laughs) the reps because it's it's the one time where you just you're out there doing, you know, anywhere between a 150, a 200, a 300 or 400, something like that. But you don't kind of have to hold yourself back as much as when you're doing, mm. say, threshold work or going out for your long run. You can you can really just focus on running quickly and running with a bit of strength. And, and I'm one of those people is the faster that I run, probably the better my running mechanics get. Um, I tend to get a bit sloppy when I'm running slower, so running a bit faster always feels really good for me. So that's that's one of the reasons why I like them. So like reps are something that um, you know not just fast people really should do. You know, getting into a habit of throwing in maybe one session a week I actually think is a really good thing because people may get into the habit of you know just going out for a run and yeah, yes. you, you, you maintain your fitness, but irrespective of your level, if you actually do want to see some improvement, you know just going out and jogging every day is not really going to see that progression um, you know, to get faster. Especially for the 5K. Yeah, the, the, the jogging every day is, is not a bad approach for, you know, working up your base for, you, for your marathon and for these other events. But if you really want to hit your 5K out of the park, I, look, I, I would probably make the argument that the reps are probably the thing that delivers perhaps more than or as much or more as anything else maybe it's just because I like running them but um, yeah they definitely they definitely tend to um, provide a good response and when I do them I, I do them per the instructions in Daniel's formula where I do take it like a full recovery so if I'm doing a 200 I'll do it like a 200 slow jog so that I'm fully recovered before I do the next one so with those ones it's really important to um, be recovered enough to actually do the next rep with really good running technique and running form. Otherwise, you're kind of wasting your time. What What are some um, typical rep sessions that you would give like a recreational yep. runner to do? That's a good question. I, I, I actually remember, I think when I did my level, I can't remember whether it was my level two or level three coaching accreditation with Athletics Australia, I actually had your old coach, Rod Griffin, yeah. in as, as one of the teachers which was fantastic yeah. and yeah. one of the exercises was to essentially write a program I'm pretty sure it was for a 5k and I wrote a version of what I'd been doing and that was sort of based around a cut down version of what was in Daniels's program and mm-hmm. Rod just looked at it and, and just said that's far too much <laughs> <laughs> So um, I'm not going to argue with him because he's obviously extremely experienced. So I think upon reflection, especially from a recreational running perspective, some of the things that I used to do, which, for example, would be sets of 400, 200, 200. Um, So you end up doing six 400s and then... 12 200s so you end up with yeah so that is a is a massive session but that's actually a bit less than what's prescribed in a lot of Daniel's rep sessions Um, so I'd sort of cut it back so I wouldn't do more than 5,000 meters worth of rep pace work but on reflection that was certainly too much I think for me and I definitely wouldn't write that one for someone who was a recreational runner trying to you know run between 30 and 20 minutes for example Um, I think these days I'd be more inclined to uh, write much lighter sessions so maybe two to three kilometers of actual running work um, would be as much as you'd probably want to consider doing and shorter reps I think would be what I would what I would focus on um, probably especially and this is no offense to slower runners but probably the slower you are I think you get more benefit from doing shorter reps because you have mm. more chance of running strongly and with good technique and so maxing out your reps at maybe 200 meters might be enough and mm. I remember remember reading an article where someone interviewed Peter Snell and he was talking about 
the you know the sort of sharpening end of the spectrum of the Lydiard style program that he trained under that there were these days there were all kinds of crazy combinations of things that you could do like for example what I just outlined and Peter Snell basically just sort of said that's all BS you just have to do 200s <laughs> so so you, you probably couldn't go too far wrong by you know maybe you start out doing five 200s and you could build up to doing 10 if you were just kind of in the early stages in your in your program so I mean, that's something that I've been reflecting on and thinking about, and I think I'm going to do some rep training as part of our 5K challenge, and I definitely won't be doing one of those monster sessions that I just described. I think I'd be more likely to do sets of 200 and maybe not even do any 400s. I'll have to see. I'll have to see when I get to it. Um, you know, 400s are my favourite favorite rep distance, so um, <laughs> I, I would be crying if you're writing my program unless I <laughs> Well, I, I would probably, if I was writing your program, I probably would include them because yeah. you've obviously shown that you've, you know, you've got a reasonable amount of running experience and you're a faster runner. So I think you would be able to tolerate the 400s, but probably for some of the rest of the mere mortals out there, maybe 200s would be enough, especially considering all of the other kinds of training that you've got to fit into your program mm. and, and survive without getting injured. Um, mm. Yeah, that's a good you know, point faster you go and the more frequently you you run fast obviously increased injury risk through overload comes in so it needs to be approached quite cautiously and then probably the final well actually there's there's two more pieces of the puzzle i think the uh, the second to last one is definitely that classic vo2 max type training which is in most 5k programs and that for example would be uh, you know five or six by one kilometer repetitions or if you're a stronger faster runner you might do mile repetitions um, but that would be at a heart rate that's you know maybe 92 plus percent of your max so it's pretty much flat out and very difficult and potentially potentially injurious kind of training because yeah at the end of running flat out for your kilometer which depending on how fast you are could be anywhere between three minutes and six minutes and I, I suspect probably again at the the slower end of the spectrum it might actually be wise to maybe not do kilometer type reps if you want to do that kind of training maybe just mm. maybe maybe that's the time to do your 400s at a mm. lower level of intensity so yeah and, and look that's something we'll probably speak about a little bit as well during this conversation is I think 5k running for the absolute very elite compared to you know, someone at my level, someone at your level, and then someone who's looking at, say, 25 or 30 minutes, it's, it's, you've got to approach it very differently because of the amount of time it takes you to do the event. It's a, it's a bit like us talking about the marathon. You know, if you're running close to two hours versus four hours, it's almost a completely different event. So I would probably make the make the – I'm going to make the case right now that I think if you're a slower runner, then – uh, and I'll probably include that myself in that. So if you're sort of about the 20-minute mark up, maybe you'd be better off treating the 5K as more like a 10K in your training. Because, mm, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're at the, if that's the absolute pointy end, you're running 13 minutes if you're a guy and 15 minutes if you're a female, um, mm. which is a hell of a lot less time than, say, for example, if I can get down to running 20 minutes again, that's seven more minutes than an elite mm. person takes to complete <laughs> complete the event, and that's seven more minutes of hurting and pain, and probably seven more minutes than I could actually run at a heart rate of you know 90, 90 plus percent of my max. Like I just don't yep. think I could do it. So for me, running a good 5k in this challenge, I, I figure I've got to get fit enough to probably run within my lactate threshold at least for the first couple of kilometres and then gradually let my heart rate rise towards the end. And and I think a lot of people would probably benefit from taking that approach rather than trying to run absolutely flat out from the gun because the amount of people who die a very sad death in a five-kilometre um, and end up dribbling over the there. line, and we've yeah. both been there. Yeah, yeah. It's to be avoided, so pro probably um, 
treating it a little bit more like a 10k if you're if you're a slower runner might be something to consider yeah and do you know what you made a really good point there but i don't think it matters whether you're that 13 minute runner or the 30 minute runner the 5k hurts and you are there is just as much pain and suffering at either end of the spectrum <laughs> well i must admit i, I reckon there's probably I'm definitely going to make the case that the the poor recreational runner who's out there for longer, particularly if they try and race it at their absolute max, is going to be suffering for longer. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least if you're faster, it's over quicker. It's over quicker. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Do you know what? I'll put it out there. Is the 5K distance is the one distance that actually scares me. So I, um, I feel like, you know, the marathon, whilst I hadn't done the distance before and now that I've done it, I was actually never terrified of it. But this 5K distance is something that I find really, really challenging. So um, I'm excited to talk about how to train for it and you know even talk about some of the things that I've done in the past they clearly haven't worked because you know as I said mentioned before it's out of all my pbs it is the worst by a long way yes and it's the only one of your pbs that's slower than mine (laughs) (laughs) so I I I can't die on that note can I no you definitely can't Um, but but that's a good point you know, you, you mentioned that 5K is your kind of like bogey distance. Like I, I think we have to say that the marathon's still my bogey distance <laughs> <laughs> after my big fail this year. But um, 5K is probably more in my comfort zone. And maybe that's a time to talk. Like 5K is a good crossover distance. Like even, even if you look at the, the elite end of the spectrum, you see people coming up from the 1500 metres and running really competitively at 5,000 metres. And you see people coming down from the marathon or the 10K and running really good 5K. So I think we have to acknowledge that there's definitely two ways to skin the cat in the 5K. One would be to train more like a 1,500-metre runner, and maybe the other way is to train more like a a 10K slash marathon runner. And one's going to involve a lot more volume, and the other one's probably going to involve a lot more intensity and less volume. But they can be equally effective in the 5K. Mm, it's actually a really good point because previously I've tackled the 5K as a 1500 metre runner training. I'm sort of at the other end of that spectrum coming off this amazing marathon base and I am not going to go and do the crazy speed stuff that I used to do. Um, so I'm really curious to see how I respond off that. It would be a good little test case. Uh, yeah, and I think you've already shown by running 20 minutes of very little training that <laughs> I think you're going to do quite well from that end of the spectrum. Uh, I think you're going to do better from that end um, than what you've done previously. Put it out there right now. So, yeah, I'd be disappointed well, if you so. <laughs> disappointed if you didn't knock off my PB, um, Lisa. Yeah, that, make, that makes <laughs> or, two of us. <laughs> or, or, or at least give it a good shake uh, because obviously it's not a huge amount of time, but I think that's – probably okay because you, you might remember when we were talking about reviewing my training diaries for when I ran 17 minutes uh, not 17 minutes but I ran 1742 1750 and 1756 or something like that in fairly quick succession and I really did that off about a 12 week training block um, six weeks of base and then six to seven weeks of um, uh, actual structured training with two sessions a week mostly Mm. so so i think you've got enough time like you've got you've got probably 13 14 weeks till the end of march so i think there's i think there's plenty of time to get in shape and run a fast 5k It'll, it'll be exciting yeah, I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to it. And as I said, today was I was a little bit anxious for it, but it was so nice afterwards going, that's done, move the anxiety away and yep. let's look at some areas to improve. Like, let's train properly for this. And I'm guessing you're probably going to slow down a bit. <laughs> that's going to be your strategy to try this time around. I'm absolutely slowing down. So what I'm actually really pleased with is the – amazing base that I have had so one of the observations that I sort of took from today's run um, was how easy running 20 minutes was and obviously my heart rate um, showed that so I think you know as you sort of said having that really nice big endurance base is a bit of a positive what I did feel like though is I'm still quite lopy like my cadence was really slow I think it was about 75 but I just felt like I just felt slow and lopey. Like I actually, you know, I'm sure I could have run quicker if I 
if I had a pushed, but I don't think it would have been much quicker because I just mm-hmm. didn't. My, my Ks were so even. I think the, the slowest K was a, a 405 and the quickest K was a 357. Um, so there's, there's not a lot of difference in, in pace there. And I, I honestly don't think I really could have had that kick down because in my head I thought, oh, maybe I'll kick down the last K. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was really no kick to be had. But the way I'm going to tackle that is not to try and kill myself back on the track. I'm just going to focus on drills, which I think are going to be really beneficial for me and still yep. that gym work. I think I'm get more bang bang for my buck and I'm going to stay injury-free rather than yep. saying, all right, I'm going to go and run you know, 10 200s in 32 seconds. Definitely. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned the strength training again because that was the final thing I was going to mention, but I forgot. So if for running the 5K, you need to be stronger and more powerful and this is going to give us an excuse to do an entire episode on strength training Um, (laughs) but strength training like doing the reps increases your running economy so um, you're going to be able to run faster for less effort if you're doing your strength work so that Mm. is a key key piece of the puzzle and when I was running well over 5k I was hitting the gym two or three days a week so it's definitely not something that can be ignored if you want to go go quick over five so I think, yeah, I, I'd actually like to talk a little bit about making my case for <laughs> for maybe, <laughs> and this goes along the lines of the maybe training, maybe more like 10K type training for the recreational runner because when I went back and reflected on my training diaries and I did that block of training, I had six weeks where I did predominantly a, a, thresh, a lactate threshold type training and rep training. They were my two sessions a week that I did for six weeks. And I did do one session of K reps before I did my first race and ran that really big PB. Like I broke my PB by nearly a minute and a half, I think, um, when I ran under 18 minutes um, for the first time. So, you know, I did do one session of those kilometre reps, which were more like... Uh, more, more like your VO2 max type training, although now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't do them absolutely flat out. They were sort of at about uh, low 340 kilometre pace, so they were probably somewhere in between threshold pace and, and my sort of, you know, 5K race pace at the time. So I didn't go in there thinking I'm going to run... 330 kilometre pace because I want to run 1730 for 5k. Um, I was a little Mm. bit more conservative that when I did do that session. But having said that, I'm thinking, you know, if you can run really well off just doing some threshold training and some of those mile pace reps, do you need to expose yourself to the risk of doing doing lots of that VO2 type work, um, year five or six by a K, for example. What do you reckon? Mm. I'm, I'm throwing that out there for, for discussion. Shoot me down. No, look, I really like K-Rap's my other thing that I like, but as I have already made, commented, in seeing your training diary and the pace that you run that in and then did the um, the PB versus the, the times that I was running Ks in, um, I I think slowing down or not leaving everything on the training track and saving yep. some for the actual race is is really really beneficial. So I think we mentioned a couple of episodes ago that you know my rep Ks would have been three twenties. Yep. Um, you know, doing five or six of them off a minute break and you know I'd, I'd go out in the race and I'd go out in sort of 320 pace thinking well hang on I've just done all these reps in this pace and blow up spectacularly running <laughs> over four minute k's it's, it's sort of going well hang on a second why is this not correlating and I, I just haven't run enough 5k just because I hated them so much but yeah I think that the way that you've done it has been quite smart so I, I know I'm only a sample of one, um, but I, I think there's probably possibly something for people to take out of the, you know, maybe you don't need to do four or five weeks of um, that those K-Rep type hard, really hard sessions before you go and race mm-hmm. your first 5K. You, you don't want to, as you said, leave it all on the training track. So working on your lactate threshold, working on your running, running economy through your reps in the gym, 
is still going to put you in a position where you're going to be really fit and um, able to perform pretty well. And look, you might, instead of doing your K reps, actually just include something like a 3K race as your first hit out, or even a 1500 would be something else that you could consider. That, that they're painful 1500s, though, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they certainly are. That's the, it's the one event where... Um, uh, at the end of them, I, I think perhaps I do have exercise-induced asthma because it's a lot of <laughs> lot of lot of coughing and retching. I think you've witnessed some of that in the past. It's not a not a it's not a pretty sight. But yeah, five k doesn't do that to me, but fifteen hundred gets that burn going. But uh, my old buddy Mark Gorski used to call that the Myler's cough. So yeah. <laughs> it's when you go well it, into well, well into something. oxygen debt. Yeah, too far into oxygen debt. So yeah, that, that that's the approach. So you look, you could do some of those K reps, or you could do a race, or you could just dive right in. I think there's a lot of different ways you could approach that and be successful. The the other thing I reflected on when I had that good run was I, I actually hadn't stepped on a proper running track in that entire 12 week build up to the race. So oh, wow. when I yeah when I arrived at the former Olympic Park to do that 5K. When I got on the track, it was like I almost grew another leg because the track just felt so amazing because I'd, I'd done all of my training, including the reps, on loose gravel. And, yeah, going from your loose gravel onto the synthetic rubber track, you just run so much faster for the amount of effort that you put in. So that, that's, again, something that people could consider is may, maybe stay off the track because you'll get that psychological boost um, when you hit the track of just being able to run a bit quicker for the, for the same effort. I mean, I used to, before um, being in a town that had a track, I did all my training on the grass. And sometimes I used to feel like I got a bit tougher from not being on you know, a, yeah. a perfectly laid synthetic track. Um, yes. And also, I guess, you know, a lot of people are probably going to be running their 5Ks in park runs. And yes. there are all sorts of surfaces, you know, you've got pool, you've got concrete like today's was. I've run one where it was half on sand and then grass and then gravel it was all sorts of different um, surfaces so uh, I think changing it up is also quite good for your body too rather than just pounding on the on the track all the time yeah absolutely um, and look I definitely would recommend that people steer away from doing huge volumes of training on on the concrete or or on the road um, so try and get onto those softer surfaces if you can a bit of grass a bit of gravel uh, it'll definitely do you a lot of good and your body will thank you. So what does this mean in terms of your program, Lisa? Now we've sort of kicked around these different elements. Like what, what can we expect that you're going to put down? Yeah, well, I'm going to do for the next sort of six weeks, I'm going to max out at 70Ks. I have already made the call that I'm only doing two sessions a week. I'm not going to do more than five days again of running because what I'm what I find, and I'm sure other people fall into this trap too, but you know, because we love to run, that the first thing to go will be that gym work. So I don't want to get obsessed with the days of running um, and, and keep that gym work going. So there's going to be a lot of gym work. There's going to be a lot of easy heart rate running on my um, like easy recovery runs. So, so expect to see a lot of slow, <laughs> slow running in there. Um, and then when I do the session, so I will be on the track on one day, but then I'm on like grass and, and gravel on another. I don't really want to be running any quicker than sort of three, those 340Ks, that pace that you had run. You know, I just, I really, I want to try keeping a nice sort of endurance base going without just absolutely redlining. Okay. So what about in terms of like a structure of working on your different physiological attributes are you going to do a block of threshold type training um, and maybe some reps before you move into your your k-rep type stuff and and i'm asking this question because for those people who are following along with daniel's running formula he has that approach where it's you know six weeks of base six weeks of threshold and your your mile pace reps and then only in like the third block of six weeks does he really get stuck into the a lot of that kind of you know 1k vo2 max type work so there's there's sort of like a progression if, yeah what do you what do you think about that are you is that something you're going to build into your program i haven't really gotten to that detail i've mainly just done like the the, the 
bones and the structure of right. the day, the days, what I'm doing on the days, and then I'm going to pad that out with, well, how does that look to, you know, am I doing a particular race on that week? You know, getting a bit more structure. I guess also because I train with my group and then we've got a coach that sets a lot of them as well, he often builds out the actual sessions. Um, one of the things that I do do, though, is, is he usually puts sort of like an indication for a, a time or a pace for the sessions. Yeah. Um, if I feel that, it, that it's too fast, um, I'll, I'll pull that back. But to be honest, he's actually he's more on the conservative side of things, which I really yep. like. If it ends up being run too fast, it's usually uh, user error on my behalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but I'm really quite keen to try this approach, as I said, of just slowing things down. Um, and I'm, I'm keeping very conscious of, you know, after we've done that technique change, trying to stay quite strong. And I've got some cues going in my head around running high on the hips. I find that that really helps me. And it helps to sort of slow me down a bit too because I'm focusing more on correct movement. And then I'm hoping that that will eventually translate into quicker over a longer distance. So I know that I yep. can run, you know, I, I can pull out a quick 200, um, but I've got to do, you know, what? How many of those? Twenty-four or twenty-five of those two hundreds in a um, in a in a five k? Like, yes. what's the point of doing one in thirty seconds and the rest in a minute? Correct. <laughs> it, it completely defeats the purpose. So, yeah, like my main focus is honestly going to be strength and form because I feel I've done a lot of that endurance-based work. So, it's going to be exciting. What about you? Mm-hmm. What you? What's your sort of plan? Well, I, I think I'm going back to being unplanned. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so there won't necessarily be a plan, but there'll there'll probably be some raw principles. So, I, th- I think I will do essentially what I've outlined as a, I'll re-establish my base a little bit with some easy running over the next few weeks. Um, but I'll be pretty soon putting in some of that threshold tight pace work and I plan initially as I suggested on doing that broken up into either you know for example 1500 meters um, with a nice jogging break in the middle or I might even do it by time you know for example do five minutes at threshold kind of pace and do that three times or something that that might be Mm -hmm. a kind of session that I do there and I'll be introducing those reps so looking at running strongly over 200 metres will be probably the first thing I look to be able to do. And with the with the reps one, the, the threshold one, I'll definitely be looking at my heart rate to make sure that I'm staying um, under 90% of my max heart rate. And with the rep training, the, the heart rate will kind of go out the window a bit on those ones. <laughs> and it's only going to be 200 metres. I'll be having very long recoveries in between them. And it'll be, I'll probably try and run them somewhere approaching 40 seconds, I think. And, I'll, and I won't do that. I don't think I'll go to the track to do that. I'll just do those. I've got a, got a mark trail um, where I can do 200 on the loose gravel where I did all that other training that I mentioned. So yeah. I'll probably start out with that. I don't think I'll do much by way of the K-Rep type stuff. Because one, for example, because we've got a 3K challenge in January, so <laughs> that's going to end up being that kind of stimulus. Yeah. So if I run as fast as I can over 3K, I'm going to be not over my 90% heart rate, absolutely guaranteed. So that'll probably be the only type of that training that I do in January. Yeah, look, and we've got another 5K scheduled for February, so I probably won't do any in February. I'll just save that for that 5K effort and probably the same for March. So I, I think what I'll just do is build up my ability to run strongly at threshold pace for longer and unbroken and probably build up my ability to do good quality reps, maybe up to 400 metres, or I might do like a, a 200 metre hill or a 300 metre hill or something like that as a supplement for the for the 400 metre reps, which, which was something that I did that I think worked for me pretty well um, all those years mm. ago when I was when I was running fast I was doing my 400 rep up a hill of which the first 300 was uphill and then it kind of flattened out so you kind of had to push pretty hard to get up the hill and then hold it to hold your form together in the last 100 meters I don't think I'll do quite as many as I did in the past <laughs> but but who knows I might do one of one or two of those just for just for fun hey I'm glad you mentioned hills actually I, I did yeah. leave that out it's one thing that I'm focusing on 
on a Sunday. So my Sunday runs, I'm not aiming for distance. I'm aiming for time on feet because I'm chasing some hills. Uh, I, I posted up actually on our, our socials last week some photos of the hills that I'm running and it takes me some of the hills like six and a half, seven minutes to get up them so they're like they're steep but I'm finding yep. that that's another strength workout and you know I think I only got through maybe 13 k's last Sunday but I still ran yep. for 75 minutes so but I feel like that's you know just as much benefit so it's something that I'm definitely throwing in as well yes and that's a good question a good point because I was just about to ask you how long you're going to build your long run up to over the next three months yeah what, yeah. what are you going to do in terms of time? So 90. It'll go to 90, 90 minutes. Yep. Don't have a desire to get it higher than that at all. When I sort of flick back over to maybe half marathon, marathon, it'll build again. I think, you know, 90 minutes and, you know, over hills – Last year, at the start of this year, I, I was running over some hills, and I, I felt that that just built up some amazing strength for me. So, um, you know, I've got endurance. I know that I can run for as, you know for a long time. So, um, I don't need to keep yep. working on that at the moment. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, what will my longest run look like? And I'm thinking <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have my work cut out to build up to 90 minutes in the next couple of months. So that might mm. be my goal to do a 90 minute unbroken run aerobically so make sure I'm, I'm keeping my heart rate under control and I've got my work cut out because I've done I'm prob probably going to end up doing a more major technique tweak than what you've contemplated so yeah maybe I should speak about that now do a little update on how that's going <laughs> yeah well, well how because, is that going I mean that was a yeah. thing that you're in the process of it, it, yeah it is and uh, one of the reasons why I've kept going with the run walking is so I can continue to kind of play around with some different things technique-wise. But I think I'm now getting to the point where I'm starting to focus in on something that feels pretty right and pretty good um, and has me moving quite quickly for not a lot of perceived effort. However, at the moment, because I'm not very fit in moving that way, it does result in my heart rate getting up fairly quickly. So when I'm doing my running sections, which are sort of one or two minute efforts during these run walks, I just find myself kind of clicking into like either five minute kilometre pace or just a little bit slower than that for those those efforts. That's good. Um, which it's good, but it's I, I won't be sure how good it is until I can actually sustain that for for, <laughs> for longer unbroken running because yeah, it's obviously pretty easy to run well for a short period of time but it's a lot harder to um, maintain that so I guess that'll be the challenge for me is can I get fit using that kind of movement pattern that results in me running a little bit quicker than what I did a lot of my marathon training at and if I can I think that will put me in a pretty good place to run run some good 5k and then hopefully run run a good marathon again later in the year so in terms of what I'm actually doing of I'm probably leaning towards, you know, how I mentioned I sort of had the two gait patterns that I was playing around with, and one of them was kind of more like your A skip, a more, more what I would describe as probably a more powerful kind of pattern, maybe something that you probably feel upon reflection more comfortably running a 1500 meters using and the other one i was sort of playing around with was more that that pattern that was a bit more like the bum kick drill that we were talking about which probably the closest thing i would describe that to in terms of running would be actually running backwards and i'm, I'm doing that description for people who not for people who do know how to run but for, for people <laughs> like me who struggle with a technique and like well what, is, what would that feel like well if you just sort of jog backwards for a few steps like not in traffic um, somewhere quiet where there's no obstacles that's the kind of movement pattern that I've, i think i'm going to end up settling in on um, and that's pretty much the way that i was now that i've done it for a little bit that's pretty much I recall was the way that I was running um, after I did my initial technique remodel. And it also features a pattern that's a little bit more forefoot oriented than the pattern I was using for the marathon, which was definitely a bit more heel strikey. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Lessons I learned in past experiments with forefoot running was to approach that with a lot of caution and not fall into the trap of um, really feeling for the ground with your forefoot and stiffening up your foot too much because that for me ended up in like very sore shins very quickly mm. so far so good that hasn't happened to me and um, so I think I've probably got it 
a little bit more right this time around. But again, I'm not going to start congratulating myself just yet because the proof of the pudding's in the eating. So um, ask me again how I'm going in, a, in another couple of weeks and um, perhaps we'll get a bit of an indication when I do this 3K on the track as to whether it's going to be working for me or not. Mm, it'll be good to see, again, to get some photos taken in a few weeks' time just to see how you're actually looking. Definitely, and, and that's that's on my to-do list for the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, we will get a bit of a sneak preview of how that's going. And, yeah, it, it, it definitely feels a lot different, so it'll be interesting to see whether it actually looks much different from, from the outside. But inside my head, it definitely feels different, much more different to what I was doing and I think it feels a little bit more economical. It feels a little bit more longer striding. And I, th I think my cadence has probably increased a bit naturally as well, um, just from that, that change. It's not something that I've focused on, but it just feels like um, I'm turning over a little bit faster than what I was before, mm. which, which I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the optimal cadence would be to run a 5K? Uh, how long is a piece of string question? <laughs> I, I think it's definitely how long a piece of string question is because when I was actually waiting to get on this call with you, I noticed a um, an article on Facebook that had been posted up by Alex Hutchinson, who's a pretty well-known author. Um, he wrote Which Comes First, Cardio or Weights? And yeah. he's also got another book out, which I'm trying to remember. what I can't remember the name of it, but it's all around the psychological aspects of, of running performance. Um, he's written a lot for Outside Magazine and um, he's also got a regular oh, – he had a great blog called Sweat Science back when I was doing my blog oh, yeah. um, yep. years ago and that got ended up getting absorbed onto Runner's World, so I'm pretty sure he's still got that Sweat Science um, blog going on Runner's World as well. But uh, Sorry, I, I digress, but, yeah, he wrote – he's written another article about cadence and I'd, I'd blogged about that a couple of times and he's written articles about it in the past, but he just posted one up, which I haven't actually read yet, but it was just talking about the vast discrepancy of, of cadence between various athletes doing some kind of event. And the, the kind of the sub, the sub headline was we need to sort of rethink this whole cadence thing because, you know, there's always that, that thing that people throw around about everyone should run at 180 steps a minute, no matter how fast yeah. they're running for, for every event, which to me has never made any sense. But to get back to your question, I think if for racing 5k, you'd want to be stepping at um, 180 or more. And if you're not, there's probably something there to work on. But yeah, for easy running, no, you, you wouldn't need to be stepping that quickly. But you know, and I've seen some stats posted up of, you know, people in world championships and whatnot, and obviously that's a very different level to what, what we're focused on, but some of those people in their final laps of 5K, like, turning over at 220 or something crazy yeah, like that. But, um, that is insane. That's, that's at the extreme end of, of performance <laughs> and only in the final lap. But I would expect better runners would probably race um, maybe in the one the low, 190 or a bit below for the 5k mm. or around that. Mm. that off the top of my head that would be what I'd sort of I'd pull out but there might be some long striders in there who are doing it slightly less than that um, but I think what you'd find even amongst the very good is there'd still be a fair bit of variation in in running cadence so so yeah I wouldn't like to put an absolute number on you should do your 5k at this it's, it's got to be the right cadence for you but it's I guess it's something to work on as well but not up there yep. as the the highest things but uh, it's definitely it something that I'm, I'm going to work on <laughs> and look at you know doing that rep training where you're doing your mile pace that's definitely yeah. going to get you turning over a lot quicker than what you would throughout your regular training so yeah, I would expect in my my 200 reps that I'm going to be doing that I'll be turning over quite you know quite quickly in those ones and that's going to be something that hopefully will carry across um, into the race or into our little challenges where I'll be able to maintain my cadence um, at a higher rate because I've I've trained at a higher rate so that's probably one advantage of doing that sort of under distance running um, cadence wise but yeah there's there's lots to think about that that is for sure and there's lots of different things you can play around with but probably like all things it's easy to overcomplicate it <laughs> I'm gonna try and keep it as simple as possible for myself by doing some of my easy running building my long run back up to 90 minutes doing some reps doing some lactate threshold work and going in the gym and that's that's pretty much it
And I think also pinpointing which races we're going to do. I think by next week we should have pinpointed which ones and so we can pop them up and listeners can play along at home. Yes, sounds good. Sounds sounds like a plan. We'll have to work out whether we're actually going to have a head-to-head. Yeah, I know. Well, that that would be it. I would have a a totally different – maybe that can be double points for head-to-head. I reckon. I think they'll introduce a whole lot of psychological warfare and trash talking, so that could be interesting. Oh, that's great. Well, I reckon we've we've given this 5K thing a good kick around, Lisa. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm like I'm excited. Uh, I think is probably the main thing. So finally, I'm off the couch. Um, I'm got the head in the game now, and uh, basically, it's on. It's you versus me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming from a long way back, so this is going to be quite challenging, especially for me. Oh, you're the underdog. Everyone loves an underdog. That's right. I am the underdog. I'm definitely the underdog. I'm I'm playing that role. <laughs> You'll be at home now watching reruns of Rocky, just getting that inspiration. That's right. And and when it goes wrong, I'm just going to blame everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be no accountability. Oh, very good. Very good. So what's on for this week? Are you doing much training or it's um, still technique tinkering? I'm going to be trying to string together some actual runs. Um, Mm. So, uh, yeah, I've got got to move on from the tinkering and, pretty quickly start um, getting some running together so I'm going to try and run five times in, wow. the, in the week ahead and because yeah. I've only really been managing about four four a week which has yeah. been okay through this period but I think I need to get back to running five at least five days um, and mm. I'll be continuing on with my gym so hopefully when I get off the off the call with you I'm going to head down to the gym and smash out another session mm. and yeah really just building up some unbroken running with good technique and mm. Doing, doing the gym are my running priorities for, for the week ahead. What about you? Well, we've got what well, similar plans. I've only been running four days as well, and uh, I had intentions of five this week, but I'd, I'd done a couple of sessions that were a bit more intense than what I'd previously done, so I wasn't that excited about adding both volume and intensity. So next week, which is 2019, my gosh, where has the year gone? It's vanished. The plan is, yeah, five days and um, I'll, I'll probably head back out to the same park run, to be honest, because we're still up here. I think I said to you on, on the phone, I'll, I'll borrow a text, I said I was dipping my toe back in the water this week and um, see what I have left the following. So it'd be nice to dip under that 20 minutes. Don't spend all your pennies early, Lisa, you know. <laughs> You might be exhausted by the time you get to this 3K challenge towards the end of January. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Actually, you know, 3K is one of my favourite distances and something that it's really hard to find a 3K race. Yeah, it um, is. And, gosh, I haven't – I think the last 3K race I ran was maybe four years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Look it'll, if, it'll be a good one. It is. And, look, if we can't find a race for that one, I feel like 3K is a distance that you could time trial. So, um, yeah. We could have a remote time trial going on for the 3K challenge, but yeah, we'll see. Mm. Hey, um, I forgot. I forgot. There's a stop the press because I forgot to mention how I was going with with my negative drop shoe experiment. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> I was hoping to fly through without a mention. Uh, I know, I know. But I, I'm, I'm sure there there might be one listener or something um, who's interested in how this is going. It's probably Tom DeCanto. He's probably the only person who's yeah. interested. Um, but, but I, I think that I think the negative drop experiment is. Pretty probably over for me um, oh jesus it lasted and, and the and the re- but the reason it's over is because it doesn't really give me any advantage um in the kind of technique pattern that i've set myself on now uh, it seems to provide a, you know i wouldn't say it was an advantage but it was more it provided more interesting and was interest and was more promising with the other pattern that I was using for the marathon, it seemed to feel a bit better doing that, but it didn't feel so good when I was using this this other movement pattern. So okay. since there's no point in actually doing it, well, there's no advantage in doing it for the way that I'm moving now, I think I'm going to shelve that one. So it's not but, dead and buried? It's parked? <laughs> uh, I, I think, oh, yeah, look, I'm definitely, definitely shelving it. But I have, because a couple of the pairs of shoes that I hacked, 
I don't think they actually turned into negative drop. They just turned into more like flats. I have actually created myself a pretty nice pair of Mizuno flats when I cut the heel <laughs> off those. So, so they may get a run, but I wouldn't claim that they were negative drop. They just feel more like a more like an old-fashioned racing flat. So there could be something good that comes out of it. I've, I've, it's really hard to actually buy like an old-fashioned racing flat these days. So um, that might be the, the one good thing that came out of that experiment was now I've got a, a set of flats that I can I can pull on. I might even wear them in one of these um, park run 5K. In the, one of the races. Actually, we do yeah. what has come out of this experiment is that you've got too many pairs of shoes, man. If you're <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely had a few that I was willing to sacrifice for the cause that I wasn't <laughs> running in anyway. So, yeah, there might be one or two that end up going in the rubbish bin pretty soon. Oh dear, that's good. Oh well, it's um, it, it was good whilst it lasted. <laughs> it was well, yeah, it was definitely fun. And look, I, it definitely, you know, it could be something in it for some people. I definitely wouldn't recommend it, but you know, there, there could be the odd person out there who might benefit from that kind of approach. But uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to work for me. So I'm going to put that one to bed before my old man calves um, explode. Yeah, before you're injured, before the challenge begins, we don't want exactly. That. No, got to stay upright. Nobody um, likes a false victory, so. Oh, yeah, don't, yeah, I don't want you to win with a walkover. Like if I can't <laughs> run, that would, that would, that would be pathetic. Oh, exactly. So. All right, oh, I reckon yeah. that, I reckon that's a wrap, Lisa. So. Yeah, happy new happy year. Happy new year. Yeah, happy mm. new year to you and to all of the listeners out there. Um, hope you have a good New Year's and hopefully lots of 5K slash parkrun PBs for 2019. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. We'll be speaking to you in 2019.